Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Soccer Scene, where we have a special podcast this evening. We're joined by freelance journalist John O'Shea. John joined us on a couple of occasions last year as well. Uh, he would cover both Cove Ramblers and Cork City, who are both in the First Division, so he'd be a, a busy boy uh, this year in terms of the First Division. John, thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening uh, to preview what is going to be a big game, obviously another Munster Derby between Cove Ramblers and 3D United, the fourth uh, meeting between the sides in the Artricity League First Division, with Cove probably desperate, I suppose, especially off the back of last week's uh, defeat to, to Wexford, to beat Treaty and earn a first win against the Limerick side since they've arrived into the league. Yeah, do you know, um, yeah, it's a, and I suppose it's a big year, first and foremost, for Cove Ramblers, basically the 100th anniversary this year, so... You know, it's I think it's kind of a, a thing a thing obviously they want to mark it in, in a big way and obviously the, I suppose a lot has been made and I suppose it's very well highlighted the the progress that the club have made off the pitch in the last couple of years like the so even the recently getting I think a three hundred thousand euro grant as well which I suppose in the Irish kind of sports funding which um which was the big I suppose you're not going to hand over that money um the Irish government aren't going to hand that over um too easily like so I so it shows how well run the club is being run down in in Cove and they're you know, having things like collaborations with like with Burnley now as well um I think they send one or two players from the under 15s over from Cove over to Burnley for kind of assessments recently as well so like they're very well run in, in, in terms of that side of things off the pitch and and even for like I know from kind of talking to, to Darren Murphy like in, in events of the season as well that, that those standards he's trying to implement in terms of Cove so they can see that progress kind of matched on the pitch as well now over the coming season. So um obviously it wasn't the, the I suppose they they would have liked that we would get off to maybe a positive start to them on last week against Wexford and obviously especially from winning. So they might they probably wouldn't slightly disappointed to any um to end up losing the game in the end. So I suppose they'll be hoping to bounce back now um on Friday night against Treaty and get their season as well as properly up and running on the on the field. I know I was disappointed myself because I had predicted a draw in the predictions table from the soccer scene podcast that we run every week. And it looked like it was very close to happening until the penalty laid on, which would have been sickening for Cove, considering, you know, from reading comments from from yourself and Darren Murphy after the game should have been ahead by possibly further in the game. Then, you know, you get pegged back in such disappointing fashion. Wexford were probably slight favourites going into it. And that is something I was going to ask you, John. What are the, maybe the, the expectations from Cove? They had a really disappointing season last year, it must be said, considering a lot of people put them in that they'd been in playoff contention over the year before and the achievement that had. That didn't come to fruition. What would the expectations be? Because I know that even though you might not be happy to hear it and Cove people wouldn't be happy to hear it that my analysts uh, Jason and Ola Connor and, and myself all have Cove to be in the bottom two and occupy the bottom two places are the expectations higher than that or is there a sense of realism there uh, due to the budget constraints etc um, you know the, the sense I get like from like from even stuff I would have done with the Echo over the last I suppose in, in the previous of the season they were talking to, to Darren and even like some of the players as well so they're kind of setting the bar a bit higher. I, I think they probably know maybe externally that not many people might see them finishing in, in a playoff position. But like, I think they definitely, I think the aspiration, they want to be competitive. And if they can get into those playoff places, like they, they, they'd be absolutely delighted with that. Um, I suppose if you're looking at um, Cove in the general sense, like they, I think looking at the squad this year on paper, it's probably stronger than it was um, maybe maybe this time last year. But I suppose look, the, then the other side then is like you're looking at, other teams in the division look to be stronger now this year as well. That they even look at Wexford, like the the some of the recruitment they've made, 
And then you have obviously three the three full time teams in there, obviously the likes of um, Walford and Cork City and Galway. And like Treaty look um look to be in a decent enough position as well. And obviously the likes of um, Longford coming down from the from the Premier Division, we look in the bounce back up. So it's like obviously they have those aspirations to be up there, but it's um obviously it's gonna be it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a big task for, for Cove if they were to end up in, in those places because like you you to see they're up against maybe sides that maybe have maybe bigger budgets and then then their sides who are training full time as well. But I think you could see obviously the recruit in terms of the standards they are sitting down there and it's both a testament to the to the, what Darren Murphy and the lads are doing, you know, and getting the likes of Binion O'Brien with Marsh to come down. And I, I, I spoke to like Binion in advance of the season as well for an interview for the Echo, and he was kind of saying that, you know, just the, from talking to the lads around the club, like um, Darren and Connor Mead, another member of the coaching staff, that the, he just kind of felt that the club was a bit more, maybe in terms of like things are being run a bit more professionally in terms of the standards they were set down there. And that that kind of that that would they had tracked them down there. You could see that the standards are being set higher, and because the, you know what I mean, it could be easy for like though the likes of the likes of Binion or some of the other guys have come down from Corksley, like Luke Desmond, the Issa Cargo, um, Dale Holland. You know, they, there's other like there, I suppose there's a couple of other clubs in Munster that they could even go to in terms of League of Ireland football, or or even though some guys would have gone into the into Munster Senior League here in Cork as well, maybe like UCC or Corinthians or Ringmahan as well. So um, I think overall. The expectation probably would be, I'd say, you know, I'd say externally, maybe people might be expecting much of them, but it, I think definitely internally inside in the camp, they'd be hoping to to set the standard high and finish as high up the table as they possibly can. Yeah, you mentioned the quartet of players actually there, John, you know, the likes of Dale Holland, uh, Binny and Brian Whitmarsh that they've brought in from Cork, younger players, obviously Darren Murphy is a young, ambitious manager as well. He came into a Cove side totally devoid of confidence, uh, last year, no doubt about it. Me and you discussed on a regular occasion the fact that there was a lot of ex like Limerick FC players at the time, and I do I, I found it incredible really that uh, when Tommy Barrett made the admission recently that um, both Dave O'Leary and Darren Murphy had contacted him about returning to Limerick to play their football with 3D United actually during the off season, but they hadn't been retained at Cove. Uh, it didn't seem to be a great season for either player. I know Ian Turner has retired as well. In, in one way, people might be surprised to hear you say that you feel the squad is stronger on paper because of the likes of those players have gone. But I suppose, you know, the table didn't lie last year and, and Cove really didn't perform with those players in the squad. So this is a real fresh start from Darren Murphy and you can tell it was it was a, a planned change to the, to the squad. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's probably the, the things that they put in, like, so even I think, in terms of pre-season, I think they were kind of back doing kind of prehab stuff in the gym fairly early enough as well. In terms of their pre-season preparations, I think around the end of November, early December, actually. But um, yeah, I think it's just the uh, you know, and 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 even the management, you could just see that the things that they're kind of putting on, they're trying to they might have the the finances to do, but it, and but as best they can, they're trying to kind of set the standards high for the players, you know. And I think the coaching staff that Darren has there is um, he 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 has a very good backroom team. If you actually go through it, like you know um. Obviously, assistant manager there is um, uh, Fred Knockett, who um, who's very well kind of regarded and respected down in Warford's um, circles. He was on the Warford first team coaching staff, and and even when Warford were looking for a new manager for this season, even I remember seeing like you know, online and even message boards, you know, um, forums or whatever. You know, Warford fans, a couple of them, I, I saw his name kind of copied up a few times as well. So like, he's very well regarded down there, and. You know, um, then and top of that, then you have um Connor Mead, who would be a very good coach, and then he does a lot of one-to-one training 
I think even with the like, even like Jake O'Brien, who was a Crystal Palace under 23s, with, with that he, he he's very good now in terms of Cork in terms of the the coaching side of things. And then John O'Flynn um, is also there as well. I think in terms of t- coaching the forwards, and I suppose like there's the, in, in in his era, there's probably few better in terms of finding the net than John O'Flynn, especially around Tows and Fight at Cork City. And Derek, Derek Collins as well, who would be um, a very, you know, in terms of, he, the winner for the FA Cup, he scored the winner in 1998 for Cork City um, in 1998. And he had a great career in the League of Ireland and obviously he won the league as well with, with Bohemians as well. So, um, yeah, I think overall it's definitely going to be a case, I'd say, that, you know, it, it, I think they're just trying, and even as well, I think in terms of the training, I think they I think they went towards the end of last season, Darren came in, I think that he had them, tra- he tried to have them training an extra night a week. So, I suppose it was the end of last year was maybe just assessing what where they wanted to go with it, and then, then obviously he had a foot. The, the, he's after having a full preseason to kind of put his own stamp on things and maybe recruit in terms of players he wants to bring into the club. And I think you know probably you could, you could see maybe in terms of what they're trying to do. It's obviously being reciprocated by the by maybe getting the, the likes of those young guys coming from Cork City, and then obviously last week as well, which I suppose kind of took me a bit of surprise. I didn't wasn't expecting it to be honest. Um, Bringing in your mate Harlan Mboyo, the um, a young centre back who obviously come in from he, he used to play his spells in Scotland, um, obviously Aberdeen, Airdrie, and he, he was an Anderlecht youth system as well. So, yeah, they're, they're, so I think they're definitely trying to, and, and obviously it goes back to again, you know, obviously the on the pitch stuff, or off the pitch, they've been incredibly well run, I suppose, in the last maybe the last couple of years. I know I think they're just trying to match that on the pitch as well, but like obviously maybe in terms of this season, maybe you know. It, it's going to be a big ask to do it, but you know, definitely you could see if the way they're going, if they can, if they can match that progress on the pitch over the next couple of years, like there, there's no reason why they couldn't be kind of challenging for promotion and trying to get up into the Premier Division in the next two or three years. You know, yeah, there's always uh, optimism in Cove. There's always a lot of spice as well. It has to be said, John, between uh, Limerick and Cove in the past, and obviously treating Cove in terms of the overlap between you know players and. And maybe backroom members, like you mentioned, John and Flynn with Cove. We obviously mentioned last season a couple of times, Stephen Christopher, Charlie Fleming, now Martin Coughlin is also signed for treaty. Obviously, another another big one would be Lee Devitt, who did make a lot of appearances for Cove in his two years uh, with the with the club. Do you think that his, we'll say, Lee Devitt's time at the club had just maybe run its course because he has made a big impact since he came back to treaty? Tommy Barrett really trusts Lee Devitt. He's a really honest, hardworking player. Um, a very versatile player. So I, I suppose were were Cove disappointed to lose Lee, or was it just a, a mutual parting of the ways? Yeah, I suppose like it's probably uh, maybe if I suppose if, I suppose it's kind of mute. They probably obviously in terms of the treaty as well. He it's probably more of a I suppose like they they probably know once that with a club was settled maybe in Limerick as well. That um, mm-hmm. Lee obviously when we would have played there before as well. The, um, the, I suppose the net, and obviously working with Tom Tommy Barris, it would have been a a natural kind of a, a fit for him to kind of go back there and but like I think over the time I think definitely it, it would have been in kind of a good a definitely a good kind of terms parting of the ways because when he was there he probably was one of the most consistent probably Cove Ramblers players definitely from over 2020 and 2021 and like he, he was you know I think when he came in like, like 2020 he was a, a big kind of um driving force behind them though know, when they Cove when they just missed out on the playoffs and um on goal difference, um, I remember like though, it was the final night against them, um, Shamrock Rovers second team, and they, if if they if they had won that night, they would have made it into the playoffs. Actually, if it was given that, yeah, yeah, with the Galway situation and the Cavan situation, yeah. 
But like, um, so you know, it's probably, and I think that they they probably know in, ter- in certain like they 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 give as much as they can. But um, obviously you you can step if 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 opportunities come up, like even Charlie Lyons now this year as well, who would have been a it would have been a regular presence centre back at the centre back position for Cove in the last two or three seasons. But it, like after Galway, the offer I suppose a full time football kind of came up. Um, and I suppose then like you you can I suppose you can step in someone's way like if there's an offer to be a a full time footballer um is being offered to them like so I, I suppose like I suppose that I suppose the unfortunate maybe with a with the full time part time thing as well but um yeah it definitely Lee David it would be a player who um who's I think he will get a warm welcome I'd say definitely um in Cove and Saturday from the from the fans I say all right yeah one thing that surprised me actually John for the new season um which may maybe wasn't a surprise to many others was that Cove have switched the night that they play their home games from Saturday to Friday after the whole campaign. That's um that that was a slight surprise in terms of because Cork City playing on the same night, I suppose, you know, people outside of Cork and Cove might be thinking, you know, your your general armchair football fan that would probably choose Turner's Cross, you know, with, with all due respect to Cove to, to go and watch their, their football. But I noticed from reading an article that you'd had with Darren Murphy, he praised the atmosphere that was there on Friday and it seemed to be quite positive about the change uh, from Saturday to Friday. So is that the general consensus down there? Is that it was a good move from the club? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, looking like I, was, I was down there around working last Friday night as well and I was kind of half thinking, what would the crowd be? I think, it's only, I think there's three occasions this year when... Um, Cork City and Cove are playing on the same night, and obviously Cork City, um, as well the John Caulfield Derby, as people were calling, was on Turner's Cross last Friday. But then, like, obviously, going down to Cove and St. Coleman's Park, like there was a, I was actually there was a very sizable crowd down there, and um, so it, it was the, the, the main kind of stand was nearly full, um, and you know there was a there was a good atmosphere, and there was a the first time I did, I, I I can recall for a couple of years as well, even there was a there was a there was a few supporters in terms of, like generating a bit of an atmosphere, and even when them. Um, when Jack Larkin, the former Warford underage player, um, scored the first goal, there was a there was a couple of flares going off as well and stuff. Which um, I can this way as well. <laughs> you know, it's, it was the first. I'd say the last time I saw flares down in Cowan's Park would have been 2016. Actually, I was down there that night um, when they they played Drogheda United in the in the promotion um, playoff. So like, the, mm. but then I suppose the Friday night thing as well. It it just shows as well the. I mean, they still get that kind of a crowd, and you know they probably could have got even more of Cork. So you weren't even playing because sometimes you would get people kind of je- Cork soccer followers, general people who might go to Cork City matches that if they weren't clashing or if Cork City weren't playing, you'll get a couple from Cork would often go down to Coleman's Park as well. But like I think it shows as well that I suppose the goodwill that the clubs have in the community in Cove as well, doing the initiatives in terms of reaching out to what they're doing that the. That the the, the 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 support is strong for the club and it's quite as strong that it has been looking from the outside looking in um in a good it, it's as strong as it's been definitely since I've been covering the club anyway in the last couple of years. Um and I think I suppose from from the Friday night perspective as well, maybe the fact being a part-time club for Cove, like for player, maybe the it kind of maybe suits the players in certain instances, you know, you have the game played the Friday night, so it kind of frees up the rest of the weekend for the for the players as well, um, and on their part-time basis. But I and I think also maybe the fact as well, though I think a lot this year, the Friday Monday aspect of things, mm. though then having the game, though it probably it, you know, just have the extra kind of recovery time. To, I think the next week even after the treaty game, I think they're up to that loan on Monday night. So I think just have it makes. I suppose having that that extra twenty four hours makes a big difference. Um, 
when you're having the Friday Monday um, kind of fixtures back to back. Yeah, that is true. And it is going to be a hard slog with 32 games in the first division, no doubt about it. I know that um, 3D United have made serious inroads, I suppose, in the changes to the squad as well. You know, they've lost a few key players, it must be said. Ty Groin, Sean McSweeney, the likes of those players were star performers. Anthony O'Donnell isn't there at the moment as well, who you'd obviously know from his time at Cove. The likes of Enda Kern, Joe Gorman, Lee Devitt, like you mentioned, Jack Brady's come back in from Shelburne. They had a brilliant win against Wexford on the opening night of the season. Now, that game, to be honest with you, could have ended 5-all with the amount of chances Wexford created as well, and Tommy Barrett did highlight that. But it was very efficient from Treaty. Curran scored two. That was something Treaty were missing last year, I suppose, is that kind of goal scorer. And similar, I suppose, to Cove in some ways, missing that kind of regular goal scorer. Were you surprised to see Curran coming back? And, and what would be your expectations? Because I know he seems to be quite hungry now, and, and obviously it's a great start for him scoring two goals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, it was a big statement. You know, it, it was probably in one of those results that was raining goals in over the, the first week in the games. And yeah. like, uh, you know, I, I think, but it's, obviously, the likes of current, it just like in the current, it shows as well the ambition that um, that three have. And I suppose how well you could probably see how well Tommy Barrett was running things um, in three last season. That you know, and even like, first of all, like Denzel Fernandez coming in as well. Because I, I know even he was kind of saying that, that I suppose from talking to Tommy. At the time, it kind of really convinced him to go down to down to Treaty, and and I think inspected the fact as well that I think even Cove and Cork City were um, possibly even looking to maybe inquire about him kind of coming. So it, it shows how well things are being run in that sense. And um, I, I suppose both teams actually, John. Uh, sorry for interrupting, but I know both teams might be. I feel it was, with all due respect, maybe a slightly lucky escape in some ways in the fact that. You know, Denzel Fernandez's injury had actually been wrongly diagnosed at Shelburne. He's actually going to be out for the whole season, effectively, for Treaty um, this season. It's a cruciate ligament injury that he picked up in Shelburne, even though it was told it was only going to be a six or seven week injury. So that was desperately disappointing for Treaty, I have to say, because of the quality of, of the player. Yeah, no, actually, that's, that's the first actually heard in terms of that. That's kind of news to me, you know. That, yeah, it only was last week it was announced, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You know, so um, but I suppose even the, the, as you said, even in the general sense, this with the goal thing, um, the goal threat, I think like that was definitely one of the the standout results. I was I was thinking like to even watching three last year, like they're capable of kind of getting results in in underneath any against anyone in the division. But like that was a real kind of a state. Even I know like even with Wexford and I saw it last week myself, but the you know the attacking threat like even like Dinny Corkin as well. Like you know. And John kind of have surprised even a Premier Division club even might have taken a punt in this year, but I, mm. I, I think he'd be a good chance in terms of top score for the first division. Um, Dinny Corkin, what a bit of business by Wexford there, but um, so it was a just even just but even whatever about Wexford and then I um, I think to, to score five goals down um in Ferry Carrig on the opening night was um was it was it kind of a good statement of for for Treaty and you know probably I suppose like they're probably determined as well I would imagine to show that last year wasn't the one off and like the the you know they, they got a taste for last year and they want they want to kind of get have have taste more of it now this year as well. And as we said, Cove will be desperate to beat Treaty, considering you know I suppose they came close on a couple of occasions after they were beaten three 0 in the in the last meeting between the sides in September. But earlier in the season, I want all draw at the Marcus Field. They will be desperate to do so. If you were to put your prediction hat on, John, who do you think will come out on top on Friday night? Um, like. I think definitely there's a couple of things, you know, I think there was, and all there was elements from Cove's play 
that I thought, like, you know, there were signs definitely to be incurred by in terms of the, the attacking kind of threat that they have in the side. Um, you know, the likes of Dale Holland and even Jack Larkin as well, who was a, a, an old war for the underage player. He did well and, and he got the, the kind of the men of the match from, from Cox 96 FM as well. So, so he, they, there was aspects, they were good there but, um, going forward. But then there's, I suppose there are things they probably need to work on and I suppose even in terms of game management, you know, from be like being two and up with 10 minutes to go, um, and then the, I suppose to, to go from that position to a losing position was probably disappointing in that sense. Um, but like, yeah, it's going to be, I'd say it's going to be another competitive game. And like, I suppose sometimes derbies can kind of often take on a life of their own as well. So I think, I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a close one. Like it's probably, I'll probably, I'm probably going to maybe be my thing I'm seeing on the fence, but I, I'd say it's probably going to be a draw if I had to call now probably on, on Friday night. I know Aidan Delaney of, of Wexford also called it a draw and Treaty come, came out on top. So I'm hoping it's the same personally, obviously, for, for Friday. But obviously, John, we're delighted that you joined us uh, this evening. And don't be surprised if you get the call from me on another, and, and ignore it on another couple of occasions, obviously, with the likes of Cork City coming up for Treaty too. Uh, so thanks very much for joining us. All right, no bother. Um, th- thanks, Adrian.